Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. You are listening to episode number 119 of the Awesomers.com podcast series. And this is part two of a three-part series with the brilliant entrepreneur David Paul Doyle. Now, yesterday we talked about some of David Paul's journey and you know where he kind of started out, where he came from, and that's an important listen if you haven't already had it. Today we're going to dive deeper into his journey and kind of carry you a little farther along. And and I think David Paul will share some of the the pivot points and some of the aha moments that he had along the way in his journey, which I find to be fascinating. And I really identify with as an entrepreneur who's been around the block a day or two. So uh, you're not going to want to miss this. Again, this is part two of a three-part series with David Paul Doyle. Let's jump on into it right now. Okay, here we are. We're back again, everybody. Steve Simonson joined again by David Paul Doyle. And we've been talking about uh, in our last segment that, you know, where David came from. We went through the Air Force Academy, uh, ended up dropping out of there midway through and going on to UC, UC Berkeley after that epiphany moment. And uh, you mentioned that right after university, you, or perhaps even during, that you met your uh, soon-to-be wife, and then you guys went on this path of writing books. And, and the books were, again, about meditation, spiritual types of things. Can you tell us a little bit about how that got started? Boy, um, <laughs> you know, so I met my wife at this church in Berkeley, and it was kind of a, I was seeking, you know, when I left the academy and got into Berkeley, I really had no idea what those books were about. But I'll tell you what kind of really set me off on this path is my mom passed away only about a year later when I was young. So I was a junior, at UC, just finished up my, my first year at Berkeley, and my mom suddenly passed away. And it really threw me into a loop. I got to be honest with you. I had, um, I just, I don't know what happened, but so one thing I didn't share is my mom worked on a book, worked on kind of a spiritual book for many years. That's what she did kind of on the side, but it wasn't a profession. But as soon as she passed away, it was only about a week before I was supposed to finish up my junior year and finish finals. I was really messed up emotionally. And, you know, she was only 43 and, and I was only whatever, 24. And so I actually hitchhiked to Yosemite by myself with a backpack with hardly anything in it. And I just walked out into the woods and I, I lived in a cave for about three weeks and I just meditated and fished all day long. I just, I literally was meditating a ton and I, I came back a very different person after I was probably meditating six to eight hours a day, trying to process 
the passing of my mom. And I lost a lot of, when I came back from there, I kind of lost all my ambition. Honestly, I, I, I didn't care anything about school. I didn't care anything about anything, really. I was just like wanted to go deeper and figure out who I was, what I wanted to do with my life, what was important to me. And I think it was really the important part. Like, what's important? I just lost this parent, and it just threw a wrench into my whole framework of what, what mattered in life. And I didn't know what it was. I just knew I, was, I became a seeker at that moment. And so I just started taking, I was in Berkeley, one of the you know, crazy, super liberal places on the what? planet. No, I don't know. That's fair. Come on. Especially, especially at that time. And I really sure. just started drifting through different, taking classes in town and, and whatnot. And so I just met my wife at this one church and... I started meditating more. I started really getting into martial arts and um, just kind of all those soft skills of, of mental, emotional processing. And, um, and one thing led to another. My wife and I ended up moving to Hawaii together not long after that, maybe a, a year or so after college. And then we were both seeking and we were seeking answers within ourselves. We weren't really looking for answers outside of ourselves any longer we just were, we just kept meditating and going within and going within and seeking our own guidance, seeking our own understanding, seeking our own truth and our own path. And we really were just getting great internal guidance. We were getting a very clear communication within our own hearts and minds about what was true for us, about what, what mattered to us. And we ended up really coming up with a process to help people get their own answers. We didn't want to teach people what was true, what was not true, or, you know, that kind of thing. We really became a follower of our own inner guidance, and that's what we wanted to teach people. So a lot of the, the, the books that we ended up writing about were not about, you know, belief systems or, or truths or anything like that. It was more about, hey, we're going to teach you meditation techniques to help you go within and get your own answers. We didn't want to give people any answers. We just wanted them to help them get their own answers for themselves about what mattered to them, what was true for them, what their own um, purpose in life is, you know, help them connect with themselves. It's all about just connecting with themselves. So that's what we did for 10 years is, you know, so I worked in high tech right after we kind of came back from Hawaii. We worked in, I worked in high tech. I had a lot of friends in Silicon Valley, obviously growing up there. And I was, I was you know, had a bent towards technology. Um, and so anyway, I worked in, you know, I worked, my first job was at 3Com, which was kind of a networking company. I then got a job at AOL. And then when AOL bought Netscape, we moved on to the Netscape campus. And, um, you know, I worked on the Netscape campus for three years and just was really involved in that world for a while. But in 2003, when the dot-com thing happened, I, you know, I survived like seven rounds of layoffs and then, uh, I could have moved back east, and I really just didn't want to move back east. Um, you know, AOL's headquarters were back there. They were closing down the whole West Coast, and I just decided, you know what? Let's go fulfill this dream that we both had to write books and to help people in that way and get out of the rat race of the valley or get, up, get out of the rat race of, the, of working for a big company. So her parents lived in Ashland, Oregon, and her dad had been there for maybe 20 years and so it was a really beautiful area. Our daughter was three years old at the time. 
we thought, man, what a great place to raise her. So we had, I had a little bit of savings. Um, and we, her dad had this cabin, this extra cabin on this lake, this little serious cabin, like, you know, one room kind of thing. It was a barn that he kind of converted. And we just said, you know what, let's go live off our savings and go write this book that we've always wanted to write. So we moved up to Ashland in 2003. And I quit, I just quit my job, moved up there. And that was a scary time. Just like, can we make it like, this is crazy, you know, you know, but we went for it anyway. And, uh, so the books that we really wrote, we really ended up, I ended up writing three books. I wrote the last two books by myself, but the first book my wife and I wrote together and, um, really just helping people to, they were all the same topic, just helping people get their own answers. I like that. Well, I, I, you know, there's a couple of things that you talked about in there that I find particularly interesting. You know, in our first segment, we talked about this idea that, you know, we're problem solvers by nature and, and that even when you get beaten down, you kind of carry on. And you've elaborated today that, you know, there's more important things in this world. Your mom passed away at 43 when you were a young man. And uh, you're still a young man, but let, let's be honest, you were younger then. And, uh, you know, that, that puts perspective on, you know, the problems we deal with day to day, right? You know, when somebody yeah. calls and says, well, I'll tell you, last night, uh, I'll share this with the Osmers and David Paul uh, directly. Last night, uh, one of the guys that works for me in China, he's, uh, he's there to inspect somewhere between seven and 10 containers that are supposed to leave one of our factories. And when he gets there, he sends me pictures of the factory that's on fire. And, uh, and mostly it's out now, but you can see at least two of the three stories have had smoke and fire flames coming out of the windows. It's all, you know, singed and, and there's still smoke coming out and you can see the fire hoses everywhere in the pictures. And he's like, uh, uh, bad news. Uh, I can't inspect today. You know, there's, there's been another fire here. And by the way, this is not uncommon in certain industries that for factories that have fires, but it's not not a day-to-day -day event. It's just, you know, once in a, a long while event. So that problem though, now luckily nobody was injured during, during the fire, but it was okay. But it creates a level of chaos that was unpredicted, right? There's no way we could predict this. There's no way you can build a system around what do you do when this supplier has a fire on this day? So you, you just have to kind of react and you just have to start solving problems. And even as, as weird as that problem is, and potentially significant, you know, to seven to 10 containers right out of the expected supply chain. We've, we've already programmed the sales for this. It's probably already pre-sold stuff. That's just what we got to do. And there are bigger problems. There's bigger issues in this world. And they revolve around living our lives, right? What we do for our jobs and what we do for our, our income and our livelihoods is part fun. It's, uh, ideally, it's still part fun. But it's to serve a purpose of generating income and, and ideally creating equity, wealth over the long haul. That's why we do that stuff. And again, it's nice if it's fun, but it's okay when it's not because it's still work. But we do it for the bigger purposes. And everybody defines, as you said yourself, they have to define their own purpose, right? They have to find their own reasons why. But for me, you know, the, the idea that family and the idea that you talked about, again, in our first segment, if if you're on your deathbed, will you look and go, I've lived a full life? All of those are the right questions to ask. So I'm impressed that you did that so early and so young that you were able to kind of take that down. But I would love if you could just share, you know, when you were when you're in the cave meditating six to eight hours a day, 
how did how does that meditation work? People use the word meditation. I don't know. Are you chanting for eight hours? Are you taking naps for eight hours? What does that mean exactly? <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no right way to meditate. There's like literally a thousand ways to meditate, you know, and um, I'm a feeler. Like I, I'm just, there's so many people are mental. Some people are more like, you know, we're all, our, our minds are all very unique, but I, I am a real big feeler. And really the thing that I love to do is just feel everything. It kind of sucks sometimes because you, I have to feel a lot of pain at the same time of feeling all this joy, like they coexist or one comes first and the other comes second. But I really just was feeling through all the grief and sadness. And I, because I love to feel, I just go deeper and deeper and deeper with feeling. And you end up for me that the, the techniques that, you know, the, the outcome of my process, my own personal processes, I, I work through tons of pain and tons of um, challenges to free myself from them. So some people might do, do that same thing with their mind. You know, they might choose or they might shift belief systems or they might shift their attitudes. There's so, so many ways to work through challenge, but I'm a feeler. It's my, it's how I'm born wired, you know, in terms of that's how I'm wired. So I feel my way through things. So I really was just feeling all everything I could possibly feel until it, it until it dissolves and and and, and is, is gone. Like I can just feel something so full and complete that then it just melts away hmm. and it never comes back, right? And you just kind of keep peeling off layers and layers and layers and layers. And so I got to a place during that particular time, and usually where I end up when I meditate in general is I'll feel through whatever's going on. And then when everything dissolves and falls away, I'm just left with this really peaceful, blissful, connected place where I feel whole and complete and connected with something greater. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there who would like that feeling. That's for sure. Um, now, I, I suppose that your books, uh, have been, having been published already, are they still available out there on the Amazons and the whatever? Yeah. yeah. You know, we made our living doing that for a good 10 years, and I charged money for it. Today, it's kind of my philanthropy, one of my philanthropies in the world, and I just give it all away for free. So, you know, you can uh, look us up online or go to Amazon, and, you know, I think I think – I, yeah, I think our, our ebooks now are just free. They're zero dollars exactly. and you just enjoy we'll make them. Make sure we try to get those links uh, posted on the show notes pages and whatever, because I, I do think that, you know, the, the work that you're doing, first of all, uh, there's no obligation to give away free. So thank you for that. But uh, people who are trying to figure out, you know, or find themselves, there's all kinds of different ways of uh, the nomenclature around getting your mind right. Um, they struggle with it, right? And just just having a unique approach in your own approach, where you say you're not driving a particular belief system, you're just helping you find out what how you are wired, how you are, you know. Uh, yeah, I will. I will say though that some of our books are kind of out there, so yeah, yeah. You know, they're not they're not for everybody. And uh, I don't well, put, I don't even care. I mean, like I don't push my work on anyone. I don't even sure. talk talk about it really. You know, I'm I'm being very candid and open, but uh, it's not something that I think people need or, you know, I know people will find their own answers. So I never even suggest, suggest those books to people. I, I definitely uh, am there and I could do the out there math with the Berkeley and the whole thing uh, to begin with. And the, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, listen, I, I think, you know, for anybody who wants to take that action, 
sometimes people just need to, to find a path. You found a path for you, and then you yeah. said, I can help other people. Um, and, and again, for 10 years, that was your livelihood. Now, was there a, a big lesson you learned from the journey or perhaps another defining moment that, that put you on the course you're on today from, from then to now? Hmm. Like, how did you go from the books to the selling stuff online? Yeah, good question. You know, it wasn't easy being an author all those years financially. It was super rewarding personally. Um, I mean, I really felt like we were on purpose, but it wasn't easy. And I did it all myself. I never had a single employee. So I did, I mean, I built the website. I did the, you know, email autoresponders, the email marketing, the, you know, the graph. Like I was a one man show for 10 years because, because, seemed like the best way to do it. And it was not easy though, um, figuring out how to survive being an author of a, of a niche and a really niche market. And I, every year I, I would, you know, go within in my own meditations and say, Hey, should I keep, are we on the right track? You know, should we be continue to do what we're doing? And every single year I just felt a resounding yes in my heart. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And one, one day, I think we had done this. I had this, this, so this was kind of when webinars were coming along. So this was, you know, back in 2011, 10, 11, 12, we were, we were making a lot of our living by launching programs and like certification programs and doing webinars and things like that. And I spent six months putting together this huge product launch with partners and affiliates and just putting things out there. And at the end of the day, everyone signs up and we had this one year program and I kind of like was sitting back and I'm like, man, so okay. We have income coming in now for another year, but I was exhausted. I was tired and I'm like, holy crap. You know, I spent six months preparing for this product launch all to go survive for another year. And we had been doing this now for, you know, for 10 years. I'm like, I don't know if I can keep doing this forever. Like, especially like my dad was in his early seventies and my wife's mom was in her early seventies and they couldn't retire still, you know, like, uh, I sounds crazy when I told you how successful my dad was earlier, but he was a consumer. So, you know, we won't go down that path, but he just consumed his whole life <laughs> and still couldn't stop working. And, um, and I just was like, went into meditation one day. I'm like, you know, can I have a side job? Like, and, you know, like, what about just having a little job on the side that I could somehow retire someday and not have to be putting in 60 hours a week until I'm 80 years old, right? And I finally just heard this huge yes in my heart, like, yeah, start a business on the side, you know, start setting away some, aside some money for yourself. So I'll be honest with you, we were living, you know, just paycheck to paycheck barely making it and um and like i said i couldn't have felt more fulfilled but there was a part of me that was starved like a part of my personality that wasn't being met you know there's so many different aspects to ourselves and so many different needs to fulfill in ourselves and abundance financial abundance wasn't one of them i had lots of abundance in other ways financially it was not there and and really a stability to a long-term stability was not there in our lives. And I just felt like I needed to think about the long run. You know, where do I want to be in 20 years? You know, I'm 50 this year. So this was 40. I was 43. You know, I guess the, the day, the same year, my mom, you know, had passed away. And I was kind of like, 
I don't have retirement. I have no way to put my daughter through college. I have no way to stop working someday. And so I just, with my mind, it was at a time in my life and I'm like, I got to plan. I got to start planning for that. Because actually we had also, the, the money that we saved to become, that I lived on for a year to become an author was my daughter's college fund. So I liquidated her college fund to go pursue our dream. Thanks, so I really had, I had nothing in savings. And I just was like, I can't keep working this hard just to survive. There's got to be something accumulating. So anyway, that was this crux moment when um, I was like, I got to have a side business. And I'd never done that for 10 years. And that's what ended up with started, started NatureWise. I love it. Uh, it's a perfect spot. Take a quick break here. And when we come back, I want to talk about this, the genesis of NatureWise a little bit. And then where you've been able to... Uh, climb these great heights you know we haven't talked about you know kind of your your accomplishments but they're substantial and they're uh, significant and anybody who's paying attention to e-commerce and building brands they need to pay very close attention to david paul doyle but we're going to do that right after this break hey amazon marketplace professionals congratulations on your success to date your creativity strategic vision problem solving and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item by item profitability along with project and task management and more features are being added all the time learn more at parsimony.com that's parsimony p-a-r-s-i-m-o-n-y.com parsimony.com we've got that okay that wraps up part two of this three-part series with david paul doyle and man i just have the best time talking with david paul He's, uh, you know, not just a bright energy he, and a brilliant entrepreneur, just a fun guy to hang out with. And, you know, I, I don't focus on all the numbers. You, you go to a lot of podcasts and a lot of, you know, uh, articles and everybody's about hyperbole and, you know, how many sales of this day, this hour, this whatever. And I don't get into that because I don't think it's the, the moral of the story. The, the moral of the story is, you know, to design and develop and live a life worth living. Uh, but you can do it at scale, and David Paul is a very good example of that. His brand has taken off, and he's done very, very well. And, uh, you know, even again, as you grow, there's adversity. There's ups and downs, and that's part of the point of an awesome origin story. I hope that you guys are uh, seeing all the gold nuggets and all the lessons that he's been able to share with us thus far. So don't forget to join us for part three tomorrow, and we'll wrap up the series with David Paul Doyle. Uh, again, for those who forgot, it's uh, episode number 119 of the Awesomers podcast series. Just go to awesomers.com slash 119. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.